Hey, Steve. Hey, Moraine, you do sound so much better. Ah, good, 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 good. That's nice. So we're spread all over Europe today, aren't we? (laughs) Yes, 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 because we have a surprise guest. Maybe not not a surprise guest, but we've got a guest anyway. Not a surprise because we told them about him in the podcast, the the last podcast. So yes, so I will uh, let Murray introduce himself and where he's sitting today. And is this over to me? Hi. Hi. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we don't do okay. any formal intros in this game. We, uh, well, we just Let's go with it. the flow. Yeah, we'll keep it, keep it casual. So, yeah, I'm over in, I'm an American, as you can tell, by the accent or lack of, as we would say, but I'm over in London, over in Twickenham by the rugby stadium. Nice. So we are across three countries today. I'm in Utrecht in the Netherlands right now. Wow, that's a few thousand miles away, or not really, is it? It's what, five or six hundred yeah. apart, maybe? Yeah, something like that. Right, I actually so, just came back from Collab Days Poland, which was a blast. Oh. So that was a little farther, but yeah, just got back yesterday. So Cool, cool. So, Murray, um, you pronounce your name as Maziri, is that correct? Moseri, yep, close. Moseri. Moseri. It's one of those names, really, where you just have to forgive everybody for getting it wrong, isn't it? Oh, you know what? It's my first and last name. I get Mary instead of Murray. Uh, but you know what? I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You would. But um, the last name is Mochetti. If it's pronounced correctly, I've got Sicilian ancestry. So um, I find in Europe people pronounce it the correct way. Um, but in America, I'm definitely Moseri. Okay. okay, so whereabouts from now, the U.S.? Originally from Seattle, but it's been oh, it's been a long time, 20, 25 years. It was a great city. Rains a hell of a lot, but it's a great city. Great music, great food, skiing, yes. everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lovely city. Have you been? Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, a few times. I love I love Seattle. Yeah, yeah. it's a wonderful city. But then I, I actually had the uh, good fortune to live in L.A. for a few years, New York for, for, you, for a few years as well. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, and now in London, so some great cities. True, and you were talking about nice. Asia earlier as well? Sri Lanka, yeah, I found myself down there after the uh, tsunami. I was in Indian outsourcing, actually, in Mumbai, working with, <laughs> working with Lehman Brothers, of all people, before they collapsed, and um, came down as a volunteer in Sri Lanka after the tsunami and decided to stay. So I've been there actually off and on with my wife for 15 years as well. We, we go back and forth between London and Sri Lanka now. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, here we nice. are. We have our special guest with us today, all the way from... Now, I bet I pronounced <laughs> this wrong because we've been pronouncing it over the last week or two in different ways. Is it Cloud Ali or Cloud Ali? Cloud Ally, like the allies. Damn. Exactly. See, I knew I knew that was the thing. You were your ally in the cloud. Ally in the cloud. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, we uh, it, it, it could also ago, have yeah, been like stuck. cloudly. <laughs> it could. Yeah. It could. It's cloud ally. Cloud, cloud ally. ally. Right. Cloud ally. I'll edit the crap bits out, cloudily. <laughs> cloud ally. Yeah. Ally. All right. Cool. And, of course, you're our sponsor for today, so we get to talk to you about the product, which is going to be really quite exciting. Um, yeah. I have a, a, a sort of – I have to admit that um, in 20 years in this game and what, what 15 and since Microsoft went to the cloud or whatever the number is, I have never, ever had a third-party backup tool. You know what, Steve? I was listening to your, um, your podcast. It was last week's, I think, and I heard you say, I didn't know that Microsoft uh, recommended. Yeah, you know what? That's just it, though. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know that Microsoft, and, and for that matter, Salesforce, Google, they all recommend a third-party backup because they don't back it up. So, yeah, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. But but equally, I can also say that in 50 years, I don't know what Moraine's experience of this is, but, you know, I've not lost anything either. How many employees I, in your company? I have. Yeah, I have. Uh, which company? <laughs> you have. <laughs> I you know have. what? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I had yeah, a, what did you do? I've had a customer where, uh, so one customer where something actually technically went wrong. And they could set something back that was a week, 
a week old or something like that. So that didn't help us very much. And then another case where we had some people deleting stuff and then, yeah, people figured that out way too late. So that was, uh, yeah, that didn't hmm. work very well. well. And of course, I, I had I actually, a few migrations that went wrong as well. And then, yeah, something went wrong there as well. I, I had a classic myself, personally. I, I synced up my phone, my new phone. And this is, people don't think about this. They always think about, you know, ransomware and all these kind of exotic things. But I was syncing my new phone, this is years ago, and <laughs> did it wrong and started deleting. It was back in the, you know, I had Gmail on my phone. And we were using Gmail as a company. And I started deleting my entire mailbox, literally. And luckily, I was backing it up with Cloud Ally. I had a free backup. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was able to recover it. But honestly, it was, it was kind of scary because I, I would literally watch my mails disappearing. I thought, oh, my God, I, I did this wrong. And then and we've got other use cases. But, yeah, no, it happens. It really does happen. People either mm -hmm. maliciously or, or, you know, or accidentally delete it. But I've seen some really bad, angry employee situations where they've deleted thousands of, like, Salesforce records. Um, and you know, work with those kind of situations personally in, in Cloud Ally. So, yeah, it happens. It's real. I guess it is real. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I, I just don't value my own content that much. You know, I, I've been in situations myself <laughs> a where... content creator. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. You know, and I create a bunch of stuff. In fact, at one point, um, we lost some podcast recordings. We've been doing this for five years. Yeah. Five Ooh. years. And every day has been <laughs> magic. All, all right. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, but uh, we had this situation where I was playing around with the OneDrive and went, now I'll just delete my local sync because they get quite big, these files do. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. only to find that uh, sync had stopped working for a few weeks or months ago, and so I deleted the only versions of them. So I had to go through the horrible disk restoration process, I have to say, to get most of them back, and I didn't get them all back. But, you know, I go, yeah. oh, well. You know, they're on good the internet riddance. forever. Good yeah, riddance. Good riddance. Old but you know what? Stuff. That's, yeah. I mean, we've, my wife and I have a couple of small companies too, you know, small businesses that we run. We don't back any of that stuff up. Come on. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But if you're a company and you've got employees and you've got legal requirements and possibly compliance requirements, yeah, you can't say I lost it. You know, things like GDPR, don't, what is it, Article 32, I think, in GDPR. You got you to gotta be able to present that data on request. You can't say you lost it. So it's... Yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. a big market. It's a huge market, actually. Didn't didn't Intel or something get into trouble because she they couldn't present something like a few years ago? Mm, not sure about that one, but no, yeah, it's not sure. I mean, it's, no. it's it's a, a very specific stated. I, I think it is Article Thirty Two in GDPR. It's very specific. Basically, says you have mm -hmm. to be able to provide. Per, it was talking about personal data, but it's data, right? On request, um, and you have to take the steps necessary to protect it. Uh, but there's right. always the get out of jail free clause that said it got <laughs> lost and this is the reason. Oh, but like in you school. do look like a pillock, I have to say. Yeah. You know what, though? That's not get out of jail free. They will still fine you for that. Yeah, it does true. happen. It really does. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the, you know, more importantly, even if there's no fines involved, geez, if it's critical data, you know, this one company in, in the States, mobile, uh, I won't say the name, but um, true story, they were on trial with this. They, they had a, an employee that they were counseling, and um, it escalated, and they ended up firing her on the spot, terminating her on the spot. And they hadn't revoked her access. And she went back to her desk, and apparently she deleted thousands of, of contacts in Salesforce. This is a marketing company that lives and breathes Salesforce. They had millions of records. She deleted thousands of her contacts and then hard deleted them and walked out the door. And so... Wow. You know, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a compliance issue, but you know, Doug, the 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 CEO called us. Was like having a heart attack, and he's like, "Oh my God, guys, I've lost thousands of records, and this is going to cost me, you know, millions of dollars." But um, I mean, he was rightly concerned. He did he lost thousands of leads, and that was his lifeblood. So we were able to help him get it back. It was it wasn't easy to be honest. It wasn't one click. It took us a few days, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, they had a backup, and we got it back. And Salesforce couldn't have done it. Yeah. No, you know, of course I did. I did warn you that I was the cynical type, Marie. So is is one or two thoughts on that kind of stuff. Um, I'm guessing your job means that you kind of have to have lots of these horror stories. It helps, but you know, and I've been with from the beginning. <laughs> I've no, it, but it does. You, everybody wants you know anecdotes. They want case studies, but we don't print too many. But yes. No, I've stories. I've, I have real, real anecdotes, real stories, really um, situations, and they're not all horror stories. I think most of them are just really inconvenient you know they've lost some documents that were important for year-end reporting whatever and it, it's not going to shut the business down it wouldn't have killed doug's business but 
yeah, you know what? It was a lot of a lot of revenue that probably would have been lost if, if we weren't able to pull it back for him. So yeah, yeah, it does help to have those kind of stories so people understand that it, it is real. <laughs> but at some point, it can't be just horror stories that that sells a product. Or that it must have its own kind of essence and life and. Um, you know, or are all of these backup tools the same? I mean, is is, is I, one of the things that I saw yeah, from yeah. some of the uh, the using your product? Not that I've used it, of course. We've been going through uh, what what it does and how it works. Is the simplicity of it? I mean, was that important when you hung this thing together? That it was a a simple kind of click, we, click, boom, your files back. Uh, honestly, we we didn't realize how important it was at the time. We just wrote it really simple because I guess. We were lazy programmers. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't write it. <laughs> the best kind. That's yeah. the best kind, exactly. Keep it yeah. simple, right? Yeah, no, no, that yeah. is true. You know, the elegant solution. You keep it simple. But um, no, we just wrote it really simple. It, you know what? It's a backup. It's not rocket science. And so when, you know, when we see some of these providers, I won't name names, but some of these get really complex. And, you know, again, my God, it's a backup. It's not mm -hmm. not that difficult. So yeah, we just wrote a real simple process where you you know we back it up every day. We take automated daily backups to Amazon S3 in, in data centers that you select around the world, and you can restore it back in or export the data. It's it's very simple, and the UI reflects how simple it is to use. And yes, it's become a really important part of our sales process because we have a lot of competitors who are kind of old school. And they're very complex. It requires the senior admins to run it. You know, the, 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 mm -hmm. the people that aren't around anymore. <laughs> people might. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people aren't as technical anymore. And it's, it's fine. It's not, as, it's not a technical world as much anymore. It's SaaS services. So, yeah, simplicity is a really key thing that we, honestly, we stumbled into it. We just wrote it that way. And 10 years later, it turns out it's important. No, and I think it's very, very valuable. I, I'm in the middle of a, a project uh, uh, where we're kind of looking at uh, backup tapes and immutable copies and all that kind of stuff at this moment in time. Um, but I have a, a bunch of tapes. I mean, I think there's 970 of them. Um, and, of course, we've got to work out which ones we need to keep and which ones we don't. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, if I go back over my career, and trust me, it's a, a long career, um, <laughs> I'm not saying you're old, but you've got a long career. Oh, exactly. Long career. Okay. <laughs> but those, those tapes fly around all over the place, and they're difficult to manage and difficult to deal with. You mean rolling around in the back of your car as you're driving them to the offsite location? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody collected them from the data center, <laughs> stuck them into the backpack on their bike, and you know. I actually you know had a customer. <laughs> I had a customer that uh, every evening they gave the backup tape home with somebody so that it wouldn't be stored in the office. Well, it was off-site. Yeah. <laughs> that's valid. Yeah. Off-site. Exactly. Yeah. Three, two, I could one, beat that right? story then. <laughs> that's a good I one. could beat that story, but then we'll come back to my problem. But, um, <laughs> uh, of course, in the, in the 80s, um, uh, London had a lot of problems with uh, yeah, uh, people yeah. knocking buildings down with Blowing large fertilizer bombs. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was part of a team that would go in as part of the disaster recovery to try and get these companies back up and running again in new locations and things. But there's mm -hmm. a beautiful story of one episode. It was uh, an oil company uh, and uh, a bank in this high-rise office block that uh, at later the block had been identified as moving uh, about six inches to the left. So it literally lifted up, moved and banked down again as part of the explosive process. But there's a illegal little story where the backup tapes every night where the backup would be taken with strict instructions that the operator uh, would take the tapes in the taxi to the appropriate secure storage. Uh, and then the taxi would take them home on the company so that they knew it was being done. And of course, they did that every week, week in, week out. Not really. So what tended to happen was whoever came in on the Saturday morning, they were the ones that got the tape and took them round to, you know, because everybody went to the pub on a Friday night and so they disappeared. So the problem was that, of course, yeah. this bomb went off uh, on Friday night and uh, they needed the backup tapes to be able to restore in the new location. And so it turned out to be mission impossible as the operators were... Da, 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 da. getting around the police cordons, working the way into a building that you got no windows in anymore. 
and uh, getting the tapes out of the data center in this uh, in this office block so they could go and restore it somewhere else. Oh, yeah, it wasn't where it's supposed to be. So, mm. you know, but you know what? But that, that, that that's an excellent story because it brings up two points about why we're even here and talking about this, right? One is that you guys wouldn't have run that 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 company. Whatever, what was it? I'm not going to tell you. Okay, okay. Well, I used to work for a bank. a big bank and oil company. Uh, Oh, oh, okay, okay. And we're Canary Wharf, is that what? Anyway. I'm um, not going there. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, I used to work for a bank in Seattle. And and actually, I remember, I can't remember, I remember this after 30, 40 years, but it was Malcolm. Malcolm would take the tapes home in his car and he would drop them somewhere. but, But the point is, you would never run a company like that without a backup, now would you? You wouldn't think I was silly if I was the admin saying, I got to back this up every night, chief, chief. You'd say, well, of course you do. So why are you kind of cynical about backing up 365? It's the same thing. Microsoft tells you they don't back it up. They, they have the replication and failover for disaster recovery, but they don't have user accessible backups. That, that's simple. But the other part of your story that, that dovetails into what we're talking about, right? That was disaster recovery. Right, literally, it was disaster mm-hmm. recovery. We're, that's not what we do, and that's not what any of our our competitors do either, for that matter. Cloud to cloud backup, SaaS backup service. We're backing up three sixty five, Salesforce, Google, Box, Dropbox. We're business continuity. If anything happens to a data center, it's Microsoft or Salesforce or Google. They have mm-hmm. it covered. They have replication. Mm-hmm. They have failover. We're not a disaster mm-hmm. recovery service. They Microsoft will take care of that. I don't honestly. I don't even care about RPO, RTO kind of stuff because that's not what we're really here for. We're here to make sure if you suffer accidental or malicious data loss, you can recover the data. It's not that full data center recovery that you used to do, and and it it kind of messes with people's heads sometimes. To be honest, they still think, oh my backup is going to you know how do I recover uh, my my Microsoft 365 tenant? You don't do that. Microsoft would take care of that for you. Well, we do yes, recover it's that. It's a subtle that difference, but it's important, isn't it? It is yeah. a very important difference. Yeah, no, we're not disaster recovery, and I, I really try to correct people. We're business continuity. Microsoft, they have a, a something called a shared responsibility model. Okay, and not just Microsoft. Everybody has that. That's a, a cloud service provider. It means they're responsible for the infrastructure. You, the end customer, are responsible, or the MSP is responsible for the data. And, and there, you can just look that up. It's it's standard, and so. They do take care of disaster recovery. You've got to take care of business continuity in the event of, like I say, accidental or malicious data loss. Yeah, I get that. And, and it brings me on to where I first come to this story, and I was talking about those tapes and, uh, and all that kind mm. of stuff, of course, about restoring from it. Um, and so I have these tapes, which is a physical device, and I have a date on the back of the tape, and I know where I'm going. But how do you deal with that in the cloud? I mean, I, it's just a bunch of files in the cloud. So I'm guessing that you have you know, quite a lot of um, sort of logs and logging and uh, records of backups taken. And do I get no, to choose no, how many not, I keep and all that kind of like stuff? It's not even like that. Or? It's not even like that, really. Um, no, well, you, I mean, you can. You can limit the retention. But by default, right, we provide unlimited retention of your daily backups. So if you want to go back a week, a month, a year, five years, you can, you can simply just, there's, there's a little calendar icon in the recovery process. It, it is a really simple UI. And you just select the date or the range of dates, like let's say April 1st through April 7th, 2022. I can go back a year with a few clicks and I'll see my backups for my exchange, mail, calendar, contacts, tests. And I can go back to a date and I can recover at any, any um, hierarchical level. I can recover the mailbox. I can recover the in, inbox, the folder. Or, or an actual message, I can keep drilling down. Or, or the document line, like a SharePoint site collection. I could restore the site collection or the doc lib, or I can drill down into it and restore a specific item. Or I can search for it. See, right? that is that is where, where I think that like the, the the best value comes in. Because to be honest, as you said, like disaster recovery, I mean, mm. that Microsoft has so many fail-safes already yeah, built in. Exactly. but. Sometimes, yeah, just a library goes missing, a site goes missing, or a folder goes missing because of maybe whatever a wrong a uh, sync problem or a mistake or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and that's where the beauty of this uh, system comes in. Actually, you know what? A really simple use case. And it was just a couple of months ago. I had a partner contact me, and they said my customer 
went into her SharePoint site collection, deleted a lot of records off of a list that she was given, right? And then realized mm -hmm. after she deleted all these records, she was supposed to keep those items on the list <laughs> and delete, delete everything them. else. Yeah. yeah nice. I thought, God, that probably happens a lot, right? I and mean, that's something I would do. <laughs> and so... <laughs> only once. They yeah. only get to do that once. And she was so proud of herself, you know, and I, did, I deleted all 100 records and it was like, oh, no, 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 no. We were supposed to keep those and delete everything else. So, but the, the beauty of that was <laughs> that we, we have a function, even though it's a really simple UI, we give you some options. So you could do a restore with a bypass option, which means if the item already exists in the data, in the document library, let's say, then don't restore over it. But if it doesn't Ooh. exist, yeah, then restore it. So... Honestly, the, the partner only contacted me because he was he thought he was going to have to do all of this in a in a separate work file, right? Figure out what she deleted and repair it and do all that stuff. I said, no, 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 just do the restore and select the bypass option, and that's it. It only restored those items that were deleted. It left everything else alone, so it didn't you know overwrite good data that was maybe updated that day, and then she could go back in and do it the right way. So, yeah, I mean that was and that was you know a. A, life, a real life situation a couple of months ago from a partner with a customer and it, it could have taken hours I mean it's not you know, it's, it's not a, um, a a business threatening situation but you know they would have spent a few hours on it a few hundred dollars whatever a few thousand dollars trying to recover yeah, exactly it's yeah. still money yes yeah, it, it, it yeah. literally took him some minutes to, to find the backup take the doc live do a, a full restore with the uh, bypass option and and she was back in business in minutes so yeah very very cool yeah well we bored everybody with some technology let's <laughs> get on to something a bit more fun for a little while and we can come back to this a little bit later so uh have you always been in backup mode i've always been in it I, I started in banking as a programmer and then project management i got us about oh, seven years in marketing sorry i i went to the dark side and then came back into IT. <laughs> well, you went to the colorful side, actually. I yeah. actually, I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. Didn't make any money, but I had a lot of fun. And then came back into IT around year 2000, actually, and, and got into it. No, so um, it happened actually when I was in Sri Lanka. Um, after the, I don't know if we've covered that. Disaster, yeah. Yeah, after the tsunami, and I, I was doing, it was an Indian outsourcing and, and working in Mumbai with a, a large... U.S. Bank that no longer exists, and um, I was I was kind of living in the tropics and doing some humanitarian work with some Dutch friends, mine, um, from Utrecht, believe it or not. And oh, um, nice. yeah, that's yeah, exactly no, that's, where he's standing now. Yeah, I know, I know. When he said that, I was like, oh wow, that's yeah, weird. that's where Gerard is from. And then um, no, I, I I thought you know what, I've got to get back into the business world because I was out for a few years doing humanitarian projects, and I met these guys from a company called Cloud Ally, silly name. Um, they had just started up with like three guys, and um, yeah, they they should have called it Cloudly. That makes so <laughs> much more that sense. That would just right? make more yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. What were we yeah. thinking? But in a, even I I, no at the idea. time, I was like, "Are you guys crazy? You're backing up Salesforce and, and Gmail. That's that's ridiculous." And Google, who's going to buy that? And they're like, "No, no, no, no. It's it's really needed." And then a few years later, they they added Microsoft. But yeah, they convinced me to work with them, and I really liked the guys. They didn't have any money because they were a startup, but they said, "Ah, eh, come on, work with us." Well, and I was living in a third world country, so I didn't need that much money to live. But um, I started working with them, and ten years, twelve years later, I'm still working with the company. Wow. So yeah, it's been been a long time that we've been together. But, um, you know, they, they proved me wrong. There was a big need. We were ahead of the curve. Honestly, it was a tough sell for the first five years. Can well imagine. But, but it always is, of course, isn't it? A new startup yeah, in the marketplace yeah. like this. But you know what? Early on, early on, 2000, let's say 15, 16, we started getting inquiries from companies like, well, companies like City of Sydney in Australia. And, and, and so, you know, all of a sudden you realize, oh, this, this is getting serious. And we were actually the first company in the world, this is true, to release yeah, yeah. Microsoft we'll 365 you. backup in 2000 Q1 2014, I did the press wow. release. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so I haven't oh, always nice. been in backup, but I've been in backup since 2012 and had a blast. Actually, it's been a lot of fun. Cool. So, what are, what are the big differences or the big things that you've seen come along and and big changes between now and and let's say Back 10 then. years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well. The, the first thing, and it was one of the reasons why we actually sold the company. Um, it just, it, it was it was a bunch of startups, right? It was us and Backupify and Spanning you know, and Own Backup, these guys that do uh, Salesforce now. And nobody had ever heard of any of us. We were small little companies. 
but then they started getting acquired, and the bigger guys, you know, um, Convo, well, Convo was kind of a later, late to the party, but, you know, um, Datto and, and um, uh, Barracuda, Storagecraft, kind of those names started coming mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was a big change. In about 2016, 17, that, that area, it started becoming the big guys, not the little guys. It was, it was populated by startups up until that point, and all of a sudden we were competing against these really big companies. So after a few years of that, we kind of thought, yeah, you know, hell with this. <laughs> we, we probably need to join forces with a bigger company if they were going to be taken seriously and, and you know, go after deals with 20,000, 30,000 employees. So that was one big yeah. change. It, just, it went from startups to really well-established data companies, data, I guess, yeah, enterprise storage companies. And then and was this another, because you were offering leading edge stuff or something different to the rest, or well, was yeah, it just the see, market itself group? No, we were. It was. It was only the startups doing this, and and the the other guys, the the Barracudas, you know, the ones that were really well, you know, Cronus and Appoint, all those companies, they were well established in the the on prem space, data protect, uh, data management, enterprise storage, but they didn't have a. A 365 backup. In fact, we started getting inquiries back around 2016 from those companies, either to acquire or to OEM us. So they, they realized there was a market that was growing that they were missing out on. And uh, most of them eventually wrote their own code. You know, they, they rolled their own, as they say. But, um, of course, yeah. Yeah, we OEM'd a couple for a, a while. And, um, and then we finally decided, uh, well, the other, the other big change was while we were still independent, we thought... Okay, we're only selling cloud-to-cloud backup, which is, which is great. It's kind of a hot ticket now, but that's all it is. And we were starting to compete against companies who could bundle on-prem backups and other, you know, other services. So they were offering bundled services. Even though their backup wasn't as good as ours, maybe, they could do the deal because they could bundle in three or four other you know, on-prem backups, endpoint protection, things that we weren't doing. And so it, it kind of became apparent in maybe 2018, 2019, that we were kind of getting out of our league and, and that we needed to, to look for a... Partner up. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah really. E- either, you know, either through a partnership or just sell it. And, and we were all getting, to be honest, kind of tired and older and thought <laughs> maybe we yeah. do need to find somebody. And so we, we actually put it up for sale. It was profitable. There's no reason that we had to do it. We just thought this is getting kind of crazy and it's been 10 years. So we actually sold to a company called Zixap River um, good company, actually. Say what? Yeah, yeah, Zixap River. It, so we went from like 50, That was in Australia, wasn't it? That's no, no, Australian those guys were based in the U.S. They, they were based in the U.S. Wow. And, and a okay. really big um, CSP, one of, one of Microsoft's big partners for licenses. Right, okay. Yeah, and then about a year later, they were acquired by OpenText. And that's where it started. And, yeah, and so we went from this literally three-person startup to maybe 50, 60 people with, you know, a development team kind of outsourced to a, what, $2 billion behemoth with, I don't know, 10, 12,000 employees. And then they acquired Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, right, uh, MicroFocus this year, which doubled oh, yeah. the company. Slight yeah, slip of the tongue. Yeah. 4 billion, 25,000 employees. So we went from this small little startup to this, you know, literally behemoth, one of the largest software companies in the world. In, in under 24 months. So, so I've got some tech questions to cover there. Yeah. So we know how big you got. You know how the journey, which is quite cool. So um, I is, uh, I've got a couple actually in my head, but I'll, I'll go with an obvious one first of all. So you said earlier that obviously I can point it at your tenant and we can then do backup and you decide where those backup tapes are going to arrive. So presumably... Uh, you guys have got a lot of storage around the world in various locations and places, or is it that is it the customer? So, do I own my own backup space? How no, no, you don't. Out? You don't own it. Some 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 providers. That we have we have a BYOS, a bring your own storage service. But I really, I really strongly recommend that people don't use it unless we don't service their area with a data center, and they're not our data centers, right? Why reinvent the wheel? You've yeah, got, got Amazon, you've got Azure, right? These are like world-class facilities, Google. So we use Amazon as our backup service because we want a separation of source from the backup. So we don't back up Microsoft 365 to Azure because that's where it is. Yeah, yeah, makes right? sense. Yeah, so we have a separation of source and data. We back up Microsoft Azure to Amazon S3 storage. If Azure is down, you can still access your backups. It's down. You don't have 365, but you can still export 
data or, or even a mailbox in a PST and open it in Outlook. So you still, you've, you've, you've got capabilities. But we have storage centers, or I should say Amazon data centers that we've opened, that we have access to, right? We, you have to pay for each one. So we've opened, we have the US, Canada, we have Europe covered in Dublin, Paris, Frankfurt. And then we have Australia and Sydney and we have Tokyo. And Ooh, next does somebody have list. to go and change the tapes at these places? <laughs> Would you stop saying tapes, Steve? This is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be able to touch things. It's a problem that I have, you know? It's my thing, touchy, touchy yeah, but stuff. Like, but that was like 1970, I think. I think we went to cartridges in the 80s or 90s, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> okay. being, a, being an old sound engineer, I used to have uh, uh, reels of tapes, I tell yeah. you, 16 track and all that oh, kind of stuff. God. I used to have a TAC reel-to-reel myself, too. Anyway. Yeah, I loved it. Now, I actually had a Sony with glass heads. It was an oh. amazing piece of kit. Oh. Uh, but actually, my first ever reel-to-reel, -reel, actually, guys, yeah, everybody else <laughs> knows, but... Uh, yeah, it turns out that Murray and I have a background in sound and music. music. So Murray can go and get a drink for a little while. But uh, but I, I once <laughs> bought a, an old reel-to-reel uh, -reel machine, quarter-inch uh, mastering machine from the BBC. Oh, no. no, did you really? Yeah, I did. And it was oh, a fabulous piece of equipment. It was the size of a washing machine. <laughs> uh, no word of life. It was as heavy as a washing machine. Um, it was probably about 30 oh, years old. I'm God, sure it would be worth a so fortune cool. today. But it could it could uh, rewind four thousand five hundred feet of tape in about fifty five seconds. It was super what? super amazingly quick. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, and and you're talking audio, super. right? This is like this is like that audio warm tape, yeah. fuzzy analog recording tape. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, nice. it was. It was. It was pretty oh, cool. Oh, guys, come on! <laughs> no, 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 it matters. It matters, man. Jeez, it's final. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> anyway. Um, I was getting onto my tapes, but I was actually thinking that somebody would have a job then of traveling to Tokyo and Australia and to change the tapes. That's where the picture came from to start off with. But maybe I'll it is to Tokyo a, a good and change job the tapes. There. They do have a nice whiskey in Tokyo, too. They, they have a few nice whiskeys in they Tokyo, do, but if you'd listened to our yeah. podcast, you would know that you are not allowed to talk about Tokyo on Office 365 Distilled. Oh, I didn't. I'm sorry, guys. I thought I heard you talking about a Japanese whiskey on a previous podcast. We did. We did. We, we did. Every once in a while, uh, we do. Yeah. See, yeah. I have listened. We were due to go out to uh, Tokyo uh, COVID time, and it all got killed oh, uh, no. to actually record a bunch of podcasts. And we haven't been able to get that rearranged at this moment. So thank you. Uh, this will never reach the air now. I'm afraid <laughs> to die. <laughs> That's that. Uh, well, so in, in a city to be unnamed, you guys, you guys have to go. Just, just one diversion, please. You have to no. go. I was there on business as many as you with, like. with, with, with the Indian outsourcing company, actually. Um, and I was in Tokyo, and I was with our one of our founders that was was based in Tokyo, and he took me to this little bar, and you actually you buy a bottle, and you leave it there, and they write your name on the bottle. What? Yeah, and then when you go back to the bar, you say, "Yeah, I'm I'm Murray," and they'll they'll look on the bar and there are all these bottles with this little you know magic markers <laughs> written on. They'll find your bottle, and bring awesome. it down, pour you a drink. Oh, you guys got to go. It was such a cool thing, and I'm sure. So, I'm sure we it's now still need there. to go in there and say, "I'm Murray." <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we left our bottle there because I don't think I was only there once or twice and that was it. But, oh, it was so cool. And this is in Shibuya. Um, yeah, you got to go. It's an amazing city. Oh, amazing. Yeah, on our list. Anyway, the other side of my argument, so I was talking about the size of your organization and obviously spread around the world. But yeah. What's your your smallest customer? I mean, at what point does it add value to use Cloud Ally, you know, uh, for smallish organizations? Oh, you know what? Yeah, good that's question. a good question. Yeah, it's an excellent yeah. question. Okay, we've got one-man operations, or one, one person, I should say, get the right pronoun, um, one-person operations, <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, if you're a lawyer, right, um, or you're maybe a, a, a consultant with some high-end customers. Yeah, they I don't give a shit. Work, yeah. Trust me, they don't give a shit. Well, They'll maybe do a consultant doesn't, but a lawyer. Yeah, No, seriously, do. we have some small operations, and the, the problem with those people tends to be that they're they're small but they have a hell of a lot of data and they're right? not so, techie <laughs> they're Keep not techie simple. either yeah so they have one yeah. or two users you know that's like three bucks a you know a few euro a month and yet they have terabytes of data they want to back up so we kind of shudder when they come to us but yeah i know we have one or two you know seat kind of backups but then we have 
Um, we go up to 20, 25,000 with a company based in you know where that you haven't been to yet. Um, in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have, okay. you know, they have operations all around the world. And so in that case, we have, they have backups. They have multiple backup accounts. They have a backup for North America, backup for Europe, backup for Asia Pacific, because they have to, they have to, um, what do I want to say? They have to comply with the the um, data sov sovereignty laws, right? Yeah. All around mm -hmm. the world. So, so yeah, you. it does. You know, the the DCs make a big difference. In fact, we won. I think we won the 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 Sydney gig in Australia in 2015 because we were one of the few providers that actually was using the AWS Sydney DC at the time, and and they could not put their backups in another country. That wasn't an option. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And it's but still, so, so when we're talking about like uh, 20 to 50 to kind of person organization, would, would it oh. still make sense? But I guess of course. making yes, sense of course. Is, not, is not really a thing of how many people there are. It's more about, as you said, business continuity and, and how much can you afford to lose? Well, yeah, I guess that, that, you're right. That's the ultimate question. How much can you afford to lose? So... We have 17,000 customers across 80 countries, um, a few thousand partners, channel partners that we work with. The average, I think it's still true, it's been true for years, the average account size right, is 50 seeds. Okay. So, Ryan, wow. you're right. You're right. It's, that's, you're you know, completely right. It's kind of 25 to 50, right? That's an SM, it's a small business. And, and the average, but I guess that average. means that there's a few at two, but there's a lot of thousands. Yeah, it's it's more common now, and it wasn't before. We were really, I mean, honestly, we were yeah, we were in the SMB space, fair and square. Mm -hmm. But with with open text, especially now, we're not still not <clears throat> we're still not working the enterprise. I think in the enterprise backup, when you're talking like major, you know, hundred Delta Airlines, ninety thousand employees, they've probably got more of a bespoke kind of backup process, <clears throat> and there's reasons for that. But um, we're seeing more now of, of deals coming at 500 to maybe 2,500 seats, that kind of mid-market. But yeah, no, the, mm -hmm. the, the, we built the whole company on 25 to 50 user companies. They, they're big enough that they just don't want to, ha to have to deal with any kind of a data loss, even legal issues, you know? Um, mm -hmm. uh, we had, a, I get I, that. I've had, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was just saying I get that. I mean, it, it, I think that's the whole point from what I was looking at some of the stuff that uh, Michael sent over when he contacted us. Um, uh, if you can hear the bings in the background, people, it's because my daughter is still insisting on WhatsApping me as I'm recording here. And looking at the messages coming up, it looks like Anna's mobile phone bills arrived and there's some things on there she doesn't understand. So, okay. Uh, there's an extra tenor in there, but obviously a data uh -oh. is not backed up, so we can't find out where it is. So there you I, go. I'll deal with that. But um, uh, obviously, you guys, uh, uh, you know, got to the point where the, the product works and is simple. I mean, is it possible that a user can restore their own kit, or do you need to always be a, you know, is there a shift left option here that you can deliver? So, not, hey, yeah, not not yet. I mean, some of our our competitors offer that. It's funny. I've, I've I've worked with so many admins, you know, and and honestly, for all you salespeople out there listening to this, forget the C level executives. Sell to the admins. Those are the people that actually have to protect. You know, make sure the data is there. And Who to work? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their jobs on the line if it's lost. So we. I, I work with admins. The biggest deals I've ever done in the world are with admins, not C level employees. So executives. So, um, but. It's the admins, um, yeah, that will will make or break this. Um, where are we going with this? I'm sorry. What was the? Um... I was trying to work out whether users can actually oh, restore the end user, their own yeah. kit. Yeah, yeah. So I've been talking to admins through the years, and and we don't we don't offer it. It's not part of our, our offering. But so many admins I've talked to, when I, I I asked them, I said, well, you know, we don't have a end user recovery capability. Is that important to you? Because some of our competitors do. Most of them. I swear to God, most of them say, "Oh hell no! I'd never let an end user restore data." <laughs> you know, um, they're gonna they're gonna mess it up. They can you can restore your entire mailbox back into itself or over itself. We have non-destructive and destructive restores, but what, I, I've heard that response so many times. Hell no! I'd never let them do that. That we've just never prioritized it. We could do it. We have the kind of have the hooks in, in in place where we could probably do it fairly easily. But honestly, 
I don't think that's, I don't think most companies want end users to restore their own data. They'd, you know, let the admin, even a support team can do it. It's really simple. But yeah, we could do it if we wanted to in the future, but we don't offer it right now. Do you not think that it says something, though, about your product if you're not confident enough to let the end user do their own backup? Because, I mean, you can fix it that way, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Seriously? Straight, all right? Well, you already said you could do it. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm always serious. But no, no, no they, really, they can but, definitely do it. Yeah. yeah, no, an end user could mm -hmm. do it. It's, it's not a technical issue. It's just you can restore your entire mailbox back into itself. But you just said you can do a exactly. non-destructive restoration. So yeah, you if could, you select that you option. But say you can set a user account or a self account that insists upon that setting. Yeah, yeah, you can. And that's how we'd probably implement it. We have, we have talked about it. it. It would be an easy one. We have permission-based admin management. You can add any admin to the account and control what permissions they can do. So we're not mm -hmm. too far off from end-user management if we wanted to do it. But no, you know what? It's just been one of those things that... You know, most admins kind of laugh when I ask them that question. So we've just never prioritized it, to be honest. But you're right. You know, mm. it's it's probably not that that bad. But honestly, most admins I talk to just say, hell no, they they wouldn't want to use that. So no, I, me neither. I wouldn't want my end users to touch that <laughs> anyway. Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. The world is changing, guys. Listen, no, yes, no. This oh, you're one of those. Nope. Yeah, no, nope. yeah, one of those. But. But the, 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 but the world is the world is changing to manage service contracts and all those kinds of things, not just support contracts. And admins are getting less and less in an organization, and their job is not about protecting right. the data as such; it's about delivering service. That's um, very true. And you know, service desks and shift left and all that kind of stuff is a thing. So I yeah. would predict my prediction. I always do try and do a prediction, <laughs> but within eighteen months. With 18 months, I think you would have some kind of limited restoration capability for the end users because I think that more and more organizations will be screaming out for it. Yeah, and as point. a consultant, I would want to go in there and sell a, a product that says, you know, no, it's no more extra work for your admin. You get all the backup done. It can all be pre-programmed and uh, restoration can be done by the end user to a point and this is the limitation and you know, it covers 90% of your requirements. You wait and see. No, you're right. You know what? That's a really good point. And I think you're, I, I agree with you. I think it probably in the next couple of years, it will be just a given that you have to offer that. Because especially as you move up the chain, right, to 500, to 2,000, to 5,000, 10,000 seats, these admins don't have time to, you know, restore for an organization that size. <clears throat> we usually recommend that they use a support team and, and give the support team a, a uh, an account with limited no, access, with but you're right. You're right. Yeah, give it to the employees. It, it is simple, and you can go non-destructive. So, good point. Now, the reason that Marie doesn't agree with this, and I know you've listened to some of the podcasts, uh, but we <laughs> always kind of disagree on the idea of giving somebody uh, power bring it. and having bring structure. It. Tell me, <laughs> I'm going to stay out of this, guys. I'm backing off right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think, but uh, uh, I think it's time to talk about some drink, isn't it? We've done the yes. Office 365 distilled bit now. That's the bit we need, that last word on the market. Unless, Moraine, you've got a last question you want to drop in here. He says dropping um, into well, the moment. We've, we've, been, we've been talking about files backup and restore all the Agreed. time, but what about all my group chats and my, my conversations and all the oh, other things? You want like to go there, do you? <laughs> Marie, no, well, not for everywhere. that long because I don't want to keep you from your... Uh, um, what was that, Rocky or Iraq? We'll come Iraq. back to that one in a minute. Let's, okay, yeah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no. I love that message oh. stuff. It's a great question, Marie. This is a this is a great question, and the reason I say it's a great question because Teams, right? You're right. We started on exactly. Teams today, right? Yeah, everybody uses Teams, and the thing that freaks me out about it personally is that I've got people contacting me in open text around the world saying, oh, "What kind of price can you give me on this deal, or how can we do this deal?" And they're trying to pin me down on offers right, quotes for the sales team on Teams. I don't have any backup. I, I want, I, I tell them, send me an email. I want, I want a, an audit trail of this discussion. Yeah, makes right? sense. Yeah, and, 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 and then, you know, what about a backup? I can restore team, I can restore exchange my mailbox. What about Teams? Okay, so you're right. Most company, one of the most common questions we get now is, do you guys backup chats, Teams? Yes, we backup Teams. We backup channels, conversations, metadata, calendars, sites, all of the stuff in Teams. But, 
and we back up the team's conversation. So when we were passing links earlier before the, the call started, right, in teams, yeah. we back that up. But mm -hmm. private chats between, let's say, Steve, you and me, right, there's a couple of issues. One, it's a private chat. Does the company so really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the company really have any right to be backing that up and even monitoring it? It's a private chat. Literally, it's a private chat between two people. <clears throat> so there's some discussion in some companies, and I think especially probably more in Europe than in the U.S., over whether we should even be backing that up or, or, or should we even be monitoring it is the question, I guess, because it's a private chat. Mm. But then that, that's, that's one part of the equation. The other part of the equation is, hell no, we don't back it up. Because what Microsoft did for private chats, right? And that's the one where you, you click on the little icon that says chat, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their API, they make the end customer pay for it. <laughs> they have to implement it. So everything on our system, we're like Netflix, right? You, you log in, you set up an account, you subscribe with your credit card, boom, you're done. You activate your backups. Okay, and we just bill you every month or every year for the backup service. It's really simple. Right? There's no mm -hmm. extra charges, unlimited storage, unlimited retention of the daily backups, blah, blah, blah. It's all very simple. We bill you for the license number of mailboxes you have. But with the chats API, Microsoft said, oh, no, we're going to do this differently. The customer is going to have to actually implement some, something. I don't even know what it is, to be honest. But they have to implement something on, on the customer side, not us, not the MSP. The customer has to implement something for this API to work. And then Microsoft is going to bill the customer for the API usage as part of their licensing fees. I swear to God, this is true. Oh, God. And it's a, okay. it's a small, it's like 0. 0.0007, you know, pence or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. the measurement you want to measure. But still. Yeah, but still, exactly. But still. So we're like, no, <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> and we're, we're just not going to do that. And you know what? I think there's been two or maybe three, actually out of 50 or 60 service providers that do 365 backups that have offered this, but no, we think it's really horrible. And so we just, we haven't, we haven't even looked at it, to be honest. Once we found out how it was supposed to implement, we just said, no, we're not going to do it. And I explained that to our, our customers, our partners. Nobody's had a problem. Everybody agrees that's crazy. So no, we don't back yeah. up individual chats. Everything else is backed up. So yes, to answer your question, good backup service, but private chats, no. Well, oh, there you go, guys. Yeah. Office 365 oh, yeah. distilled of the crazy company called Cloud Elite. <laughs> Cloud Ally. Cloud Ally. Cloud Elite. <laughs> Living in the clouds with your backups, protecting your data. I hope you've enjoyed the chat and the conversation. Uh, some insights on my point. I have to say, I've learned a, a few little bits here. Um, I got there's loads and loads of questions, and maybe Murray, you can come back and answer them at a later date. But Sounds you know, in, in my head, I'm talking about sensitivity labels and working out it's covered and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But you know, we we love yeah. the tech. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's move on to a whiskey or two, because everybody knows that if you want to sponsor anything on Office 365 Distilled, you have to provide the grog. And I have to say. Uh, <laughs> Cloud Ally did a very, very cool, cool uh, purchase this time and surprised us yes. with a, a number of great whiskeys. Wow. Um, we mentioned you guys on our, on our last podcast and we tasted a wonderful Ladeig. Ladeig is our favorite all-time whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, but we got two whiskeys to taste today because Murray doesn't really like the brown stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. So what color is your uh, whiskey? Well, the whiskey that I have today, now that you ask, it's not part of our sponsorship. It's part of my personal collection that I just yeah, Oh, well. Well, you can, I'm sure you can expense it now. It's part of a <laughs> yeah. business deal. I'm, believe me, I'm going to. It's pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fine alcohol. I'm not even going to call it whiskey, actually, but it's, it's Ceylon Iraq, bottled by Rockland out of Sri Lanka, formerly known as Ceylon. And it's made out of the, I think, the flower buds of a coconut tree. Yeah, it's I coconut. I want to taste this. Oh, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm so actually drinking it, it right now. Does it taste a little coconutty or? It, does it taste oh, a little coconutty? <laughs> oh, that's how long. A duck is a duck, an apple is an apple, and raki is a coconut. Uh, a rack. Mm, a rack. No, it doesn't taste like a coconut to me, to be Damn. honest. Okay. Tastes like a whiskey. And it looks like a whiskey. Oh, the color is exactly like a whiskey. Um, 
it's smooth. It's very smooth because I'm, I'm not, I'm really not a, a whiskey drinker. Bad experience when I was younger. I won't say what age. It's probably illegal. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, to drink uh, your whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. But I just, it put me off of brown alcohol for a long time. But um, Ceylon Iraq, it's, it, I really like it. Yeah. And it's, it's a really nice drink. Um, very popular in Sri Lanka. And there, there's even kind of an illegal, they call it a toddy, that's also produced that I've had before that's got its own funness to it. But the, um, yeah, the Iraq, it's a really nice, I'd, I'd suggest, I, I actually picked up this bottle. I couldn't buy it in the airport when it's coming back on Friday. They don't sell it in the airport in Sri Lanka. <clears throat> but I bought it in London oh, here. I hate I that. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Oh, but they, it's, it's like that. Yeah, so I picked up the bottle here. I had it delivered through Amazon. Thank you. And... Um, it's lovely. So yeah, I definitely say you guys should try try a, a bottle on a future podcast. It's it's different. It really is nice. So yeah, I'm drinking we'll it on that. the rocks. A definite. Little little cool, but it's lovely. Nice. nice. So Ray, what are you drinking? Um, actually, a glass of water. <laughs> wow. So you <laughs> because don't like the brown stuff either. Wow. I've got some driving to do later. So uh, uh, okay, okay, responsible. I get that. Mm. So I get to taste uh, an incredible whiskey, all right? And I know you've tasted this before, Moraine, because uh, uh, we did break the bottles open uh, when they arrived because we couldn't keep our fingers off them. <laughs> yeah. So, so we, we're True. kind of drinking a space side. Uh, this is a Ben Riak, uh, 22-year-old, and it's finished in a dark rum barrel. Ooh. Yes. So you can't get much darker in liquid than this. Yeah. Wow. No. So what do you remember of it, Marim, why I taste it? Oh, I remember <laughs> it to be uh, pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, very, yeah, dark color, of course. Um, it is. Um, I also remember that the half of the bottle that I got, uh, that the level of the bottle was dropping very significantly <laughs> uh, when my girlfriend was at my place. It was evaporating. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe so, a crack in the so, bottle. Well, she, she loves uh, <laughs> some, some um, rum finish. I love so, rum finish um, whiskeys yeah. too. No, this is amazing. We, uh, we definitely, uh, yeah, we already had a few sips of that. Well, if anybody wants to know, it's, it is a beautiful color. There's no doubt about it. It is a beautiful dark amber color, uh, but it, it's not like a dark rum color because obviously it is whiskey and uh, it has been in the barrel for 22 years, which basically wow. means it's been filtered and matured around that beautiful oak. Um, but it mm -hmm. is distinctly rum. It's, uh, mm. It has that sort of blueberry sweetness uh, on the nose, which uh, really is inviting into it uh that you know we talked about warm touchy feely stuff that is definitely the way to describe the nose on this whiskey and then all the things yeah. about rum that you would expect like that sweet brown sugar and vanilla and that kind of stuff is is really there on the palate um, and if you wind it around the glass these tears they take minutes to actually make their way to the level of the fluid. It has got so much body and fat in it. It is amazing. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I remember that. It, it had plenty of mouthfeel, so it's a nice oily drink. Um, and it's just like the taste stays in your mouth for forever and it's got a really long aftertaste. Yeah, mm. superb. So I wonder mm -hmm. if that's what this... Uh, Iraqi, Iraqi, whatever this thing Iraq. is. Oh, oh. Iraq. No, Iraq. No, nothing like that. I'm terrible that. with names, by the way, Stephen. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I'm terrible. No, 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 Murray. So, so what is it? Is it uh, tastes like whiskey? Is it uh, a kind of a light or is it? Well, you're asking a non-whiskey drinker if it tastes like whiskey. And to that me, is yeah, true. That probably, was a stupid does, question on my part. Like Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot lighter than what you're talking about. So, Cloud Ally, Mickey, sent, our, our marketing manager sent you those bottles, huh? He did, yeah. That was the Jeez. price. Didn't the send price one to, to me. Pay. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Payola, as they call it. No, it didn't send yeah. one to me. I had to buy my own. Hell. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, I think I think the Iraq is is a much lighter, which is probably why I, I'm okay with it, to be honest. Yeah, it's, I get it's it. It's a much lighter drink, but it's yeah, it's it's a lovely yeah, it's coconut. So it is. It's it's a it's a lighter um, alcohol. It's not technically whiskey, I guess, but um, they call it. Sri Lankan whiskey, and um, yeah, it's a lovely kind of a light. You know, it's it's hot. It's thirty degrees almost year round in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you don't want a real heavy, 
kind of drink. And so, yeah, it's, it's a real popular drink. With the, so, uh, so is it harsh on the throat? Is it a, you know, no, is no, it no, it's very smooth. Way down? It's a, I wouldn't drink a harsh. No, no, I, I, I wouldn't. That's the, what you don't like about it. Yeah. And I can drink it uh, either on the rocks. I like it cooled off a little bit, um, especially yep. at 30 degrees. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even red wine, you kind of cool down from that temperature. But um, yeah, it. but with this, I, either on the rocks or just a little cool water, you know, just to kind of um, cut it out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a lovely, uh, it's a real smooth drinking kind of um, coconut whiskey. Nice. Yeah, nice. nice. I think we will need to try that. Definitely. You should. Yes. You definitely should. That's yeah. a Floki. Yeah. Next, Floki. I was just thinking about Floki as well. Yes. What yeah. is Floki? I heard you guys mention that in the, the previous podcast. What is that? Well, we can't let everybody know. So when we finish oh. recording in a minute, we'll tell you what is special about Floki because we still oh, want yeah. somebody to, uh, to get it. You can also just Google it if you want, of course. Yeah, well, of course, there is Google, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's this thing out there that... Uh, I've yeah. heard of it, yeah. It's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> All righty. Well, this has been... I mean, I thought we'd end up talking for 20 minutes on backup, you know, uh, but it's been really, really, really interesting. I don't know what you think, Miranda. I quite Absolutely. I had a... I had a blast. Yeah. Hey, so did I. It was really enjoyable. I had a good time talking to you guys. Yeah. Nice. See, the, the thing about the podcast is that we record a podcast like we would be just sitting down in a bar and talking, relax, chill, whatever. That's the best and way to do it. I feel that, yeah. And I yeah. feel that this podcast has been exactly that. Just exactly. with the three of us, like we would be sitting down in a bar having a drink. Yeah. Or, or three. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. at all feel, sorry, Murray, it didn't at all feel like Murray was going to get a 10 euro bonus every time he mentioned Cloud Ally at all, <laughs> did it? Am I going to get a 10 euro bonus? <laughs> we may have talked to Michael. He was the one that set it all up. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, I'm just, you know what? I've, I, I do a few webinars and that kind of stuff. I, I really don't like them. I, I love to talk about backup because I, I do enjoy it and I believe in it. But um, I like this kind of discussion. I've done a couple of webinars that were like this, where we just had a, you know, had kind of a laugh, and it's a yeah. really nice way to talk about it without getting, you know, without PowerPoint and all that stuff. It's it's lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't do exactly. PowerPoint. Wow, I do. I actually use it too much. But um, no, no, I'd rather work with a bottle of uh, a rack and talk to you guys anytime. <laughs> exactly. Well, really, what we haven't done really is we haven't really talked about you as an individual. So you are. Uh, you're the partner director or partner manager <laughs> or something. I, can't, I, I know I remember. You know something. what? I I think I would call myself the the fireman. I put out the fires. <laughs> fireman. <laughs> Most of my I, funny my career, um, which dates back years and decades. Um, I think that's what I really excelled in putting out fires, and I've, I've done really well for a few different companies and kind of fixing yep. things. So with Cloud Ally, yeah, I'm the. I think my title is a partner account director. Yeah, I work with partners, but I also work with some of our largest customers. I do this kind of stuff. I work with our open tech sales teams around the world. We're launching Japan uh, this month, and we've got Australia and you know EMEA on board already. But um, yeah, partner account director. I, I actually set up the channel program back in I don't know nice. 2014, 2015, when I didn't know what a channel was. Young and naive <laughs> at the it time. It says something in Teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, um, apparently so. No, we were selling direct, and all of a sudden somebody came to me and said, yeah, I want to resell to my customers. I'm going, what? What, what is this? Um, but no, I learned on the job. I was, I was from IT, but I was from like you know banking and finance and, and that kind of stuff. So it was all new. But um, no, I've, I've uh, yeah, been in IT my whole life, which has been a long life, um, and have been working with Cloud Ally for the last 10, 12 years. Uh, the open text acquisition Good. has been a blast. We're this mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. tiny company, right? We're like 30 million, 20 million, whatever. Da, da, da. You carry on, I'm just doing the background music. As you... Oh, okay. And <laughs> I was thinking, out of this, we're like 30 million out of the, maybe 20 million, out of a three or four billion dollar behemoth, right? Wow. But they love us yeah. because yeah. cloud cloud backups are a really hot topic. You don't make a lot of money on it. To be honest, it's like a buck ahead kind of thing. It's a you know, euro per user kind of profit margin. But... Mm-hmm. Everybody wants it right now. It's really important. So yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think that too. I think yeah. that there's a, a lot of awakening, uh, massive, this. and it's and it's not just because of meeting legal requirements and all that kind no, of stuff. No, because in not. many ways, you are kind of meeting certain amounts of legal requirements. But it's when it goes wrong that you suddenly find you're not as close to the uh, 
meeting them as you think you are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I think more people are risk averse nowadays and, and less yeah. sort of making sure things are good. So this has been an interesting insight for me, I have to say, because if I was an exhibition, as much as I now know Cloud Ally, I would probably still walk past moving on to the next. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very it's, much. You're more than welcome. Uh, but I, you know, maybe I that's too, the to change. Be honest. What <laughs> uh, a silly but, name. But maybe that's the change. You know, I, I kind of see them a little bit differently than when I first started this an hour ago. So that's But would you walk by open text? Um, probably. I would probably do yeah. that. Yeah. Because I mean, OpenText. I know them as uh, like uh, in, in my head. OpenText is the uh, was the product that they had EMC something like that. The oh, document know. management the... thing. Oh yes, that's what they started with, wasn't it? Well, they started with I think I, you know what I'm not even sure. I think they digitized mm. the encyclopedia or something. But yeah, it, yeah. it's crazy because I had to look them up too when they acquired the company we were acquired by. I'd never heard of them. But they're massive. It was like one of the top 10 software companies in the world. They work with yeah. BMW, Shell Oil, you know, those kind of companies. It's, it's a whole different level. Yeah. So, um, nice. but yeah, no, they, they love us. They really do. They're like, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, that doesn't happen after acquisitions, right? I thought they would always gut everybody and get rid of you. But no, yeah, they're, like, exactly, they're, yeah. they're loving us. It's Chop really it crazy. No, 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 no. They're like, no, no, keep doing what you're doing. We, we like you guys. So, um, yeah, uh, no, it's been great. 1991 they started. Mr. Google has just told me. Ah, okay. And, uh, 1991, Canada. and uh, they, they created the first online Oxford English dictionary. Dictionary. Sorry, not encyclopedia. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The result of a University of Waterloo spin-off. They began shipping in September 1991. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, huge company, but w what a pleasure to work with. And I'm not just saying that because they pay my salary, but um, they, they really have <laughs> <laughs> but you would. Mm -hmm. like, uh, well, you uh -huh. know what? Technically, they. I'm, I'm kind of a freelancer. I've never committed. I've had a commitment problem most of my life, and um, so I am a technically a freelancer <laughs> with the company. But no, these You've guys. You've been I how many times in your <laughs> yeah, life? Yeah, you yeah. A few times. Um, but no, no, they've they've been just a real pleasure to work with. Seriously, they just they they love us and they've kept us so busy, and um, they just keep saying, just keep doing what you're doing, and we keep saying, well, aren't you guys going to pay us off to leave? And they're going, no, no, we want you to keep selling your products. So, nice. Um, awesome. Yeah, no, it really has been nice. I nothing but uh, you know love for these guys. It's been a great company to work for. Well, when when Michael got in touch with me uh, a, a few weeks ago, now I mean it's more than a few weeks ago, I suppose, because yeah. he was based out in uh, in the Middle East direction. Israel. Yeah. Uh, Israel, yeah. And we were really excited because we know that to sponsor us, it's about the drink. And of course, one of our favorite distilleries in the world is actually based in Israel. No, is that um, right? Yeah. We, we love yes. the milk and honey distillery. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, if you ever get a chance to try it, it's the, it's the one of the, we've tasted the highest whiskey in the world and the lowest whiskey in the world. And the lowest whiskey in the world is, is from the milk and honey distillery. So, no, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It uh, kind of fits yeah. in. It's pretty cool stuff. All right, I guess we need to finish this off and say bye and thank yous and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Murray, I'm going to give you a chance to side yourself off, my friend, and leave everybody with a closing message, and then Marina and I'll finish off for the day. Okay. Oh, the pressure's on. No, well, yeah. thank you very much, guys, for <laughs> inviting me. I really enjoyed this. Probably drank a little too much Iraq, I think, over the last hour. But, um, no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, and I hope we, we have helped to kind of bring a, a, a little better awareness because you know even 10 years on 12 years on however long we've been doing this there's still that kind of confusion over do i really need to back this up so having this kind of discussion i think helps people understand that yeah you really do need to back it up because they don't they they being the providers like microsoft and they, they tell you that so um no thanks again guys i appreciate it it's been a lot of fun and uh let's do it again do it again yeah can absolutely <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So for me, Maran, I would say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the whiskey. Thank you for the nice conversation. <laughs> thank you for the insights. And um, yeah, let's let's. I'm 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 really dying to know how that uh, Iraq tastes uh, <laughs> like. So yeah, Part I'm, I'm going to go hunt for it. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, Part I'm, two, I'm but you guys have to invite me it, along, so. okay? I'll, I'll keep this Yeah, absolutely. You come over to Belgium, you can record it live here anytime. Oh, man. Yeah. Deal. It's a deal. Uh, cool. 
Nice. Good. All right, guys. Well, Steve Dolby here. I guess uh, I'm the one with all the controls, so I'm going to press stop anytime soon. But thank you for a, a very interesting hour of conversation. Um, and uh, as I said, hopefully we've made people think a little bit about uh, their content and about their backup and how easy it is to actually restore this stuff. Um, and we'll talk about how far away my Amazon uh, and Azure data centers are in Dublin to make sure that my <laughs> data and content is adequately separated. But that question is for another time. So it's Steve Dolby saying hi and bye from Office 365 Distilled. Everybody say bye and wave. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.